0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. And get ready to receive a word from God.
1: So good to see you. Uh, I have to admit, man, I'm really excited about what's going on here in Valdosta. Now, I've heard, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not that old, right, but I'm old enough that I was around during the charismatic renewal. I was just, you know, a little boy. And so I was raised in a Baptist church myself. And so uh, as a result of that, you know, the church we went to wasn't a part of that experience. So, um, you know, we just kind of stayed where we were. But with that being said, you know, in the heart of every believer, uh, there is a time that you just say there's got to be more. Uh, Because as good as it is that we're born again, something on the inside says, well, there's more to this than you think. Because, you know, uh, I'm thankful for all that the Baptist church, you know, does and what they taught concerning, you know, you can't get a right relationship with the Lord unless you're born again. And so I was born again in one, and I'm thankful for that. Um, But to never discover who I was, you know, it kind of cripple you. And um, so, you know, it's very important that we discover all that God has for us. And um, so, you know, as I grew a little bit older, inside I kept getting this, you know, there's got to be more. it has got to be more than just waiting to die to go to heaven. You know, it wasn't until recently I realized, wow, we've made Christianity into every religion in the world. Every religion, its message is what happens after you die. Every one of them. And that's not what Jesus came to do. (laughs) Aren't you excited that he came to do something else? So with that being said, let's look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 3. Uh, I find it very um, important for us to look at this passage of Scripture because, you know, like many of you in this room, uh, we've had an experience with God somewhere. Somebody along the way taught us something. And we, you know, we wanted to, you know, love Jesus, but we're limited in what we all know. Now, I have to admit, you know, sometimes that limitation is is because we're only believing the things about God based upon the person speaking to us instead of studying it for yourselves. I say this often in St. Augustine um, that, you know, you don't have to believe anything I say because I say it. You should search search the Scripture for yourself to determine it's true, right? Because at the end of the day, if you believe what I believe because of my belief, you actually don't believe. Because until it's real to you, right? Until it's real to you, it's just not going to work. How do I know this is true? Well, the seven sons of Sceva, right? You know, we're going to rebuke a devil, a demon out of somebody, right? In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches about. Well, they had the revelation or they had the knowledge that Paul could get, could get demons out of people through the name of Jesus, but they didn't have a personal re- revelation of that. So the demon rose up, and the guy says, Jesus, we know. <laughs> Paul, we've heard about, because Paul was operating in the authority, and he's messing our stuff up. But who are you? Right? And so they ended up getting stripped and whipped and beat up and sent down the road. Now, many of them are like a lot of believers, what do I mean by that? Well, their expectation of God or what they've seen, the exploits of God, then they try to do it without revelation, but just head knowledge. Then they get beat up by the devil, and then they question God's ability. When it isn't God's issue, it was their issue of revelation knowledge. See, we are in a society we, where we are obsessed with information, and it's even in the church. You know, we're not going to minister this today, but I minister a message about being equipped. God never uh, called the body of Christ or the fivefold ministers to educate the church. Because education alone, the best you can be as a Pharisee. But he called us to equip the saints. And equipping is more than just education. So you can have Information of God in your mind, but not revelation from your spirit and know how to believe it in the midst of contrary circumstances. That you just stand on it no matter what, period. And a person who's equipped will stand no matter what. An educated individual will be upset that they're not getting what they know. All right? And then they'll question the very information they have. Hallelujah. And let me tell you this. An equipped person can can revert back to being an educated person. Faith comes by hearing, not having heard. Many people are living the Bible off of what they've heard. I mean, that was one of the greatest impacts of COVID is that the church has this idea, which we see it all the time, that, you know, I, you know, I heard that before, and I don't have to go to churches often, because if they're going to preach about David and Goliath, I've already heard that. Hey, Marcia, you got some cash, don't you? Thanks. No, no, I think you got it on your own. <laughs> I think you got it on your own. Amen? So... Thank you. So uh, this right here can turn into anything, right? Anything that's of equal or lesser value, right? So what is $20? It's whatever you choose it to be that somebody allows it to be this value or less, right? So it's like faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom, okay? Whatever God's word says concerning something, you can get an exchange from his realm. But here's the thing. Let's say this cup here is $20, right? Okay, there you go. i given her $20, now I have a cup, all right? But let's say that his Bible right here is $20. Now, I don't possess $20 now. So, <laughs> you want a cup, right? So, if he's like, I don't want your cup, I want $20, I'm going to have to go back to where... I can receive another $20 so that I can, so you don't go into a store, you don't go to Chick-fil-A and say, remember me yesterday, you know, I picked up my, you know, um, uh, my uh, spicy ch- uh, chicken nugget meal, right, or, you know, y'all know how to do spicy chicken nuggets. Oh, y'all are going to do them. About time, that's like revelation knowledge right here. So like, where's the spicy chicken nugget, right? So the spicy chicken sandwich, see, I was prophesying. And if I come in and I get that meal, you know, with a large waffle fry and a large, you know, unsweet tea, okay, and then I pay for it. Well, then if I come in the next day and I'm like, hey, I want that spicy, you know, nugget sandwich meal again, they're going to want money again. And I'm like, I did this yesterday. We're acting like the word we had, we lived on yesterday is enough to live on are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, I really don't like it. I'm, like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta. It's not my color, right? Yeah, I get it back to you. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> so again, we live by faith, and faith is something you must obtain on a daily basis. No different than you obtain financial finance on a daily basis. And you spend it, in essence, you give it away, you exchange it for something that you need or want or whatever the case may be. And so when you are in God's word, you're receiving his knowledge concerning how to live every day. But again, you're not living on yesterday's information. There's new things to discover about David and Goliath, is what I'm saying, right? I mean, I don't go, well, I've already had a 20. I don't want another 20 again. I want something else. But people come to the church and like, oh, I, I don't want to hear about that. I've already heard that. Well, man, a dollar's still a dollar, and you get enough of them. There's a lot. So you want to value everything you hear coming out of the mouth of someone. Because even if you're like, wow, I've already heard that, that's still paying you. It's still causing faith to rise in you so that you can walk victorious. All right. So in Matthew chapter 15, verse 3, it says this, and he answered and said to them, Why? Do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your traditions? So, we've already learned uh, so far in our kingdom rise that a lot of tradition has happened in the church that's gotten truth off. Okay? And so, um, you know, we have to, if we're just going to be honest, all of us have a little bit of tradition. And so, when the word comes, we've got to say, you know, I've got to get rid of that tradition, And i got to pick up truth. And so, you know, when I discovered the kingdom, that it wasn't a a place I was going, but it was something coming. I began, I had to ask, I had to re-evaluate everything I thought I knew about God. Everything. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to know God for what someone has just said. I want to know God because I'm searching it. To determine, because just because people make a statement like uh, Pastor Roddy said last night, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, it sounds okay, but the reality is, it's not real truth. The truth is you were a sinner. Now you're saved by grace through faith. You're a believer. You're a child of God. Now, can a child of God sin? sure they can make mistakes they can blow it they can fall righteous man may fall seven times but he gets up our spirit man's alive and our spirit man doesn't sin but man we get in trouble because we haven't renewed our mind is the issue and we can make a mistake but guess what pastor uh dare let us know we have an advocate with the father and that you know he's there uh um that can stand in the gap for us that At the end of the day, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our relationship's not broken, but our fellowship is definitely hindered. Correct? Okay. So we need to then say, okay, uh, as I'm studying, and the King to Rise Conference is designed to attack your tradition and religion. It's designed to do that. Okay? It's nothing personal. It's really just trying to get the truth of God's word. Because if you want to hold on to your belief about God more than his belief about himself, then that's your problem, not God's problem, right? Because really, at the end of the day, everything the world is asking of God or demanding of God, like, you should just accept me as I am. That's what they're saying. If I want to be in a homosexual relationship, you should just accept me as I am. If I want, you know, to just do good works, you should accept me as I am. I mean, they're like, you should just accept me as I am. And Jesus is saying, that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. I want you to accept me as I am. In essence, man is saying, I want to be the authority over you and make you... Receive me as I dictate but the Lord's like I'm Lord and really what you want of me I want of you but I'm life (laughs) he's life so we need to go that direction uh Charles Spurgeon said this he said I believe that one reason why the church has so little influence over the world is because the world has so much influence over the church Now, why is that? It's because when we're born again, we're babes in Christ. We kind of bring our fleshly stuff in, you know, our unrenewed minds, right? I mean, the Bible is very clear. You know, there's a way that seems what? Right to a man. So, you know, we're like, this seems right. Well, it's right until you're confronted with God's word, and then he'll let you know whether it's right or not. And when, if he says, well, that's really not right, then you need to change. God doesn't change because God doesn't have to change because he's life. Right? I don't know why we get so offended with God. <laughs> well, I just don't like that you're telling me to do that. Well, you can die if you want to. I mean, it's really up to you. I say this uh, uh, often. God will let you do whatever you want to do, but he will hold you accountable for whatever you do. He'll hold you accountable, period. So, I mean, you can ca- keep your own thought if you want to, but you'll not have victory. Okay where God wants us to go. So, you know, we've seen this in the world, you know. We've had these thoughts, so all of a sudden we bring them into the church. And, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes churches get into these little thought processes because, you know, they want to do certain things, but they don't want to offend people. You know, there's these little thought processes that start coming through because we're not really in the Scripture. Here's ai am going to say it to you guys again, because I'm really excited about what's going on here in Valdosta. You know, again, I mean, a real move of God's taking place here, and you want to just stay on top of this. The fact that some of you actually work and you took off to come here right now or you've made an arrangement so you can be here, that speaks volumes right now. And don't think that God's not going to reward you. Don't think that's not going to happen, okay? Um, but we definitely want to get to a place where we're like, okay, I really want the things of God because at the end of the day, I don't want to bring my tradition and all the stuff in. The reason why it comes is because so many people actually are not reading the Bible. Day one, Pastor Mark can t- let you know when Pastor Marcus called him up and said, what are you doing? When he was in Texas, he said, well, I'm in Texas. He said, hey, I'm going with Pastor o. We're going to start a church in St. Augustine. Why don't you do something with your life <laughs> and come on play the drums for us? So he said, well, I'm not doing anything else, so come on over, Right. Well, it's the greatest decision he ever made in his life, amen? Probably the second one, uh, I mean, third one. Getting born again, that was number one. Going to Raymond probably number two. Coming to us, has to be three. Ashley came after us, so that's four. <laughs> uh, if we're in pecking order, right? Because <laughs> you met Ashley at Anchor Faye Church in St. Augustine. So you're welcome. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> but he came there, and he can tell you from day one, I didn't assume that our staff read the Bible. I said, we're going to read the Bible, and I'm going to check that you're reading the Bible. You know how many believers actually don't even read it? And I'm not talking about because you might, well, I read the Bible. Well, if you're doing, you know, the you, you, uh, version Bible app daily devotion, you're not reading the Bible. That's not reading the Bible. Reading the Bible starts at Genesis 1-1. And then you have some regiment that you carry through that whole thing till you get to Revelation 22-21. Every year we read it cover to cover. Why? Because it's not a library book that when I get done, I'm like, oh, I read this novel. It's God speaking to me. And I will go through Leviticus some years and say, I never saw that. And you're like, you found something in Leviticus? Yeah. Found something in Numbers not too long ago. I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. I mean, there's all kinds of, because the more you read, the more God will begin, because you're faithful, he'll start revealing more about himself. And the kingdom connects it all. Because, again, if all the Bible is about asking people into their heart, Jesus in their heart, so when they die, they go to heaven, then sure, let's throw out the old covenant. Let's just stay in the new. But that's not the case. It's about the kingdom. Your father shows and glad to give you what? Aren't you glad Pastor Roddy taught us last night? Now I've been in services where he doesn't do teaching, and it's a lot different. So his teaching last night, you know, really kept everything pretty, pretty calm. If he wouldn't have been teaching last night, it'd have been pandemonium. I just want you to know that. So, you know, I'm thankful that he taught the word last night. <laughs> I mean, pandemonium, it would have been, right. I mean, demons would have been flying all over the place. It would have been something else. <laughs> pandemonium in the morning. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> William Booth, who, is a, uh, who started the Salvation Army, said this, the chief danger that confronts the coming century. Now, he's talking about the 19. He was in the 1800s coming into the 1900s is when he said this. He said the chief dangers that confront the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, I'm going to talk about that today. Forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. Well, it doesn't seem like we did a good job in the last hundred years because more than ever, we're in this moment, right? You understand, um, it's easy when you understand Jesus is the king because then at this point, you know, you don't have to take anything personal, right? Again, let me go back to homosexuality. I don't have an issue with it. What I have an, well, I don't have an issue because it's not my issue. The Lord says, right? Well, what do you think? I have no opinion in the matter. But the policy of my king in his kingdom is they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, At the end, there's choice. But I wish you would have a conversation with me about fornication then. Because God has a problem with all kinds of sexual sin outside of the covenant between a man and a woman. But it's amazing how people want to just right. They want to focus because they want to they want to be mad at God. They want to be they want to justify that God's not this loving God when the reality is he is a loving God. And he's the only way to communicate how love and life works. Because again, at the end of the day, at the at the rudimentary, because let's think now. When people get in these arguments, again. Roddy brought it up, right? When we bring about the vaccinations and we talk about masks and all that stuff, it's really just about you deciding who actually has the authority to speak in your life. That's all it is. I mean, it's it's not like you're rebellious. Well, Dr. Fauci said, well, that's fine. Dr. Fauci can say that's fine, but he's not God. It's just not God at the end of the day and you're mad at me, you know per se. I can't believe you're not wearing a mask um You're I decided that there's someone that has another voice that has more authority That's all That's all and if you don't want to hear his voice, you don't have to But I choose to I Said I choose to Okay So, the reason that is, is because I know he's the Christ. At the end of the day, he's the Christ. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. I'm going to just get real focused now. He said this in Matthew 4, 17. He said, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For those who don't know, I'm Pastor Earl Glisson. I'm Senior Pastor of Anchor Bay Church in St. Augustine. My wife and I, Marcy, who's on the front row, that's already, you know, done our prayer time. You'll get to meet her here at 11 again if it's your first time here uh, for our Kingdom Rise conference. But um, 17 years ago, we planted the church, okay? And um, out of that, you know, God opened up doors so that we did one here in Valdosta now. And there's one in Managua, Nicaragua. So there's three anchor faith churches in the world. Uh, Do I believe there's going to be more? Yes, I do. Um, And so God's faithful, and we're just doing our part um, to advance his kingdom, right? And we're doing all this together, all right? So that's who I am. All right, there you go. Um, I get, you know, my wife tells me all the time, do pleasantries. (laughs) And, um, but, you know, I just want to preach the word, okay? You can get to know me after this thing's done. Okay, um, so Jesus said he began to preach repent. Repent is not a religious word at all. It literally means change your thinking. OK, uh, most of the time it's religiously taught, you know, that it's a 180. You turn from one to the other. And that that is true in the context of your thinking in your allegiance. But it's more associated with a government than it is with a religion. He said, repent, change your thinking. One translation literally says it this way side with my party. In essence, you'll be able to get this. It's as if and it, I'll start with one. We can reverse it. That's as if a Democrat changed parties and became a Republican. I mean, they are polarized today. And so that's what that is. When he says, repent, change your thinking, you're siding with his party. You're changing parties. You're leaving the domain of darkness and you're coming over to the kingdom of light. Okay. And you're abandoning the thought processes of what you used to submit to. And you're changing your uh, thinking and ideologies to the king of glory. Okay. Well. Well. A repentance has to take place because a failure has taken place. Repent for the kingdom, king's dominion, is a I mean, it's within your grasp. It's within your reach. It's obtainable. You can gain access to it, but in order to gain access to it, you're going to have to change your thinking and the way you operate. We, we, all of us in this room, have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Sin is simply disobeying the word of the king. It's rebellion. Okay? We know about this in Genesis chapter 3. The reason why sin entered the world is through one man's transgression. Sin entered the world. Who was that one man? Adam. What did Adam do that brought sin in? He ate the fruit. What's the problem with eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? The Lord said, don't eat it. Because at the day you eat it, you will surely. And I ask this question all the time. If Adam had never eaten the fruit, where would he be today? Be right here. He would have never left planet Earth, which means Adam, the first Adam, was never hoping to go to heaven. But we've been religiously taught in Christianity, and that's a Christianity without Christ. Okay, that the best place is heaven and can't wait till we get there when we die. When in the creation, in the book of beginnings, God doesn't make man in heaven. He made him on earth and showed up. If we read the Bible, he's always coming down. But yet we're preaching wanting to go up. He's always coming down. Even in the fall, he was coming down. When man fell, he came down in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you? In essence, not that I can't find you, but what position are you in now? Because you're not in the position that I created you in. And we're going to see that here in a second. But then he would come down again, right? He'd come down and see Abraham, come down and see Isaac, come down and see Jacob. He came down with Moses. He'd come down in a tabernacle. He comes down when Solomon dedicates the temple. I mean, he's constantly coming down. Then Jesus comes up and is born, and they call him Emmanuel, which is God. Not God when we get to him. God with us. Then Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I go so that he may come. He says, you're the temple of the, who is the third person of the Godhead? The third person of the Godhead leaves the heaven realm and is in you. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you have the third person of the Godhead. God himself is on the inside of you. I mean, how do you not wake up and go, what in the world can this world do to me? I mean, when you walk around, God is walking with you. Whew, if we could get that revelation and be like, you're telling me to do what? Let me check with the let me check with God. All I do is talk right here. I'm not talking up here. If I pulled out my cell phone right now, right, if I want to talk to my son who's in St. Augustine, I don't shout towards St. Augustine, chase, right? I don't do that. I can go no further than right here. And it's kind of like, hey, you know, I can talk to him. There's like this little device that carries his voice and it can connect to where he's at in another place that I can't see. And all of a sudden his voice can get to me. But now we've got something greater, God on the inside of us that's right here in planet earth so that our spirit man can talk to God. Wow. Well, the reason we got to change our thinking is because there's been an issue. In Genesis 126, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Jesus said, which means there's something about the kingdom that's been lost. And so you got to change your thinking so that you can access it again. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means we processed life. Which when I say life, I mean breathing, because that's the most deceptive thing on the planet today is breathing. Breathing makes you think you're alive. You can be dead and breathe, okay? It doesn't mean you're alive. It just means you're in your suit. But you can be dead in your suit breathing, okay? So here he's like the kingdom has been lost. So you've got to change your thinking so that you can be able to access it again because man originally had a kingdom given to him. It says this in Genesis 126. And God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have what? Dominion. We said this. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps over the earth. Notice, man did not have dominion over other men. Never were we to have dominion over each other. No one was ever, another human was not supposed to rule another human. This is why we struggle with elections. why we always struggle with any person over us, because it was not God's original design. But notice we were have dominion over everything else on planet Earth, all of our circumstances, all the other beings on it, right? This is why it's amazing, I've said this before, as simple as it is, that people, you know, let plants have dominion over them. If people would get this revelation that they have dominion over all the Earth, they would not let cigarettes dominate them anymore. Tobacco, the plant, would no longer have dominion. And I can continue on with all kind of other substance. You understand what I'm saying? All right? Because really you're just saying you're letting a plant tell you what to do. Controls your money, controls your life, controls your spending, controls your time, attitude, everything. But yet you have dominion when you know who you are. And that's not when you get to heaven. That's now. So dominion means this. It means to govern. It means to rule. It means to control things. Again, God's in control. No. God's in control of his word. And God definitely controls the word you know and believe. Remember, Jesus said, you made the word of God of null effect because of your traditions." It's not that the word of God isn't powerful. In fact, we know the scripture says, The word of God will not return unto him void, but it shall accomplish that which it was sent to do. So God's word will come to pass, but it does not come to pass in people's lives who do not believe. So God's not controlling murder. He's not controlling rape. He's not controlling, um, you know, all the horrible, massive things that are going wrong. There is a God of this world or system within the world called the devil, and he's got a lot of control because he has a lot of kids. So again, we look at all of humanity and we're like, we're God's, you know, you're God's people. No, not everybody's God's people because some, their fathers are the devil. And you can't have a father who's the devil and be God's child. Even Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. Right? But we look at the lost and say, you know, hey, we're all God's kids. No, you're not. You're not God's kids. You're not. You're going to be born again to be one of chi- God's children. You got to get in the kingdom. You got to be born of the kingdom. We can't smuggle you in. I can't put a wall down and bring you in. There's no illegal immigration in God's kingdom. There's one door, one gate, and it's a very narrow path. And it's the only way in. And they'll stop you at the border. (laughs) Right? They'll stop you at the border. And if you show up and say, well, good works to get me in, they'll say, denied. Right? Well, mama, pray for me. Denied. Well, so-and-so gave money and looked their names on the church. Denied. Hallelujah. Because there's life only one way. Okay, it's the government. I'm going to do a lot of analogies there because we've just been so religiously brainwashed. We love Savior Jesus. Trust me, we love Savior Jesus. And I love that he's Savior. He saved my life, right? I get that. But he's more than Savior. Savior was his assignment because if Adam had never eaten the fruit, Jesus wouldn't have to die. Savior became an assignment because Adam fell from dominion, not heaven. Adam didn't fall out of heaven. He fell out of dominion. And so Jesus comes back to restore the kingdom, the dominion. If you study the four gospels, I'm giving you some assignments, okay? If you study the four gospels, every miracle Jesus ever performed is in the dominion Adam lost. What's one of the things? He has dominion over the fish of the... Peter, why don't you um, go launch out in the deep, son? Uh, teacher, we have been fishing all night and caught nothing, but at your word. And you know what he tells me, this is his instruction. Throw the net on the other side. Now, my mind, because I've been on the Sea of Galilee, you're going out in the boat, and you're letting it out on the left side, let's say, right? You're throwing that net out. You're letting it out, okay? Now, you're, you're not catching jack, nothing. So you're going to come back, but while you're coming back, you're going to be purposeful. So the boat's turning. And now you're throwing your net on the left side. I mean, are you not technically on the. You know, you're thinking in your mind, how did they not hit a spot anyway? But it's just at a word. That's the key. They go back out and they let the net down. Well, what happens? The fish start. The fish come because the king. The man, son of man, had dominion over the fish of the sea. And when he said, Go let it out on the other side, in essence, he's the greatest aquaman, right? And he has spoken, and the fish have heard him. And this ain't the first time fish t- listen to his voice, because again, Peter's like, um, Well, they want us to pay tax. Not a problem. Go fishing. And the first fish you catch open its mouth and it'll have your tax and mine. Well, what's the fish do? Think about this now, in wherever he threw his line, or net, whatever, a fish heard the voice of the king, which is the same dominion Adam had, the first Adam, went and found the coins, picked them up in his mouth, and then went to find, went to find Peter. See, some of y'all fishing, you need to start talking, (laughs) you might come home with a better catch. And listen, they don't even have to be alive to listen. So uh, what are we going to feed these people? Man, you want us to go buy 200 denarius worth of bread? Um, No. Uh, What do we have? Well, we got five loaves and two for 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. He blesses it, and that fish says, I'll just keep multiplying in the hands of the king. The authority. I said the authority. The authority. Fig tree dies, why? He's got, he's got authority over the, all the earth, right? Bread's going to multiply, too, because it's grain, It's a plant. No problem. Do you know why people get healed? You know why it's so easy for Jesus to heal your body? Because it's just the shell of who you are. What did he make man out of? The dust of the, well, I have cancer. So, you're dirt. now seriously you're dirt if you would just get the analogy if you change the oil in your car at the house now maybe in georgia you don't give a rip you just kind of cover the oil up and go on but (laughs) let's say you're changing the oil and oil gets in your in the dirt now you're like oh man what can you do you can scoop that out Don't you think the blood of Jesus and the stripes that he did, he's able to cut things out of your dirt suit? That's it. I mean, it's simple. This is very simple. But the reason why it's become complicated is because we've been like the seven sons of Sceva. Well, we don't have personal revelation of who the king actually is. We just have this religious thought about this Savior who died on the cross for us, that we ask him to come in our heart, and man, we can't wait to leave this place. So we have no thought process to this place. Do you know God is very concerned about planet Earth? More so than the progressives and climate change. Now listen, they're right just to let you know. It's getting hotter. And it's going to get real hot before it's all over with. How hot? Like on fire hot. <laughs> so they're not wrong. the the wrong, their policies are wrong because they think they can stop the burn. You're not going to stop the burn, right? Now, if you're thinking, how's the Lord going to burn the heavens and the earth and we're supposed to be here? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had no problem standing in a fire seven times hotter and hot, let everything burn off them and stay alive. So you can stay on the planet and be in the fire when He creates the new heaven and the new earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it means to control things. So you actually have control. This is what I love about the dominion. God, because he's made us kings, has given us some control, meaning all I got to do is hear what God has said. Then I can stand on what he said because I can have the authority that he's given me. And when I speak that thing and I stand on that thing, then I'm able to control the events because God's word has to come to pass. Many of us have blamed God for things he's not even doing. It, mean, it means to manage. It means to master something. It means to have rulership. So Adam lost a kingdom, not a religion. Therefore, the redemptive work of the creator would be, to, would be the reestablishment of his kingdom on earth. He didn't lose the throne in heaven. In fact, when rebellion happened there, he kicked it out. Adam could have done what dad did when, when the deceiver showed up. He could have kicked him out. Because he's already made the image of his dad he could have said that's not what daddy said now get out of this garden But instead he rebelled And then he gave his authority away if you read the Luke account of the temptation You see the devil admit that he got it When he took him to a high pinnacle and he showed him all the d- domains not religions the devil knows this about a kingdom he said, I'll give you all this domain, all this dominion, all this glory, all this authority, all this oversight if you'll do just one thing. Bow down and worship me. But he says, I'll give all this dominion because it's been handed over to me. And he got it from Adam when Adam ate the fruit. Jesus is like, I'm not doing it. I'll just take it another way. And he did. Aren't you glad he did? So a kingdom is not a religion but a government. Now, I want to talk to you about Christ. So I want to build a little bit, because we hear a lot of things about in Christ, and we've been talking about identity some, and then Pastor Roddy kind of left us off last night with the king kind, right? And so you need to understand this word Christ, because when you leave this morning, after this session, which I'm going to have to go really fast now, um, every time you see Christ, it's going to be obvious that you'll need to think king. Okay, Uh, Dr. Tony Evans said this. He said, Jesus is coming back, but he won't be a suffering servant. He's coming as a reigning king. So we really need to get a better understanding of Jesus today and not his finished work, but his continued work. Because Savior's what he did. Lord is who he is. And he's never not been Lord. Lord is not even a religious word. It means supreme and authority. So when we say call on the name of the Lord, we're saying call on the one who has supreme authority. And this is tough for U.S. uh, citizens. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's tough for us. Because we like our independence. And that's the most dangerous word in the kingdom. And when you want to go independent, then you'll go rebellious. This is why we have denominations. Because we're picking and choosing, democratically speaking, what we want to believe about God. And there's no way the Holy Spirit, who's the spirit of truth, is telling the Baptist church, you can know this and nothing more. And then goes over to the assembly of God and say, you can know this and nothing more. No, he says, if you seek, you'll find. That's why I couldn't be constrained with the Baptist theology. I wanted a Bible theology. I want a Bible theology. So if somebody tells you, ask, you know, what kind of church is Anchor Faith Church? Tell them We're a Bible-believing church. If it's in the Bible, we believe it. Don't put me in some box that you want to call, whether it's non-denominational, charismatic, Pentecost, whatever. Don't do that. I mean, that's your problem. I believe the Bible. And God will reveal his word to you. Amen? So... Because man failed from dominion, God is having a relationship with man. And he's trying to create covenant. Because we know in the third chapter, he shows up after man falls. He says, where are you? And he says, well, he says, have you eaten the fruit I told you not to? And he says, well, it's that woman you gave me. So he blames God. It's your fault. If you wouldn't have gave me her, I probably wouldn't have this problem. So he says, oh, I'll come back to you. So he goes to the Eve, and he says, what have you done? And she tells the truth. She said, I'm dece- I was deceived, you know, by the serpent. And uh, I ate the fruit. He said, okay, I'll come back to you. And then he gets to the serpent. Now, you know, not he asked him the question, what'd you do? <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm bringing my seed through the woman because she told the truth. The man's a liar. Because he's like, you now. So I'm going to bring the seed through the woman. You'll, um, he's going to crush your head, and you're going to bruise his heel. So he said, I'll bring my seed. As Roddy said there, he had a new seed in his pocket, a king kind, right? He had another king to put in the earth. He had a king, the first Adam, but he fell from dominion, so he had another king. I said he had another king, and he's going to come through the woman, right? Hallelujah! I got another one. So, we know then that he is looking for a bloodline. He's looking for someone. Because here's the thing, why didn't God just allow it to happen with the first virgin that... Adam and Eve had. Oh, I get you thinking, man. I'll tell you, I mean, we, we just accept so much stuff so fast. And the society we live in today is so easy. I mean, you get a little tweet here, you get a little headline from whatever news outlet, and we're like telling everybody it's truth. We don't even do any research. <laughs> but God, he's not in a, he wasn't even in a rush i'm bringing it it took some it took thousands of years before mary showed up and he put man in different little situations to introduce himself to reintroduce himself to his kingdom and who he was <laughs> but he had, he made a a, uh, a covenant with abraham abraham get uh, isaac isaac gave birth to jacob jacob wrestled with the lord he had a name change of israel that nation still in the earth today right and through that he continues to show himself as a superpower who is able to lead his people through victory. There comes a point in, in 1 Samuel that all of a sudden the nation of Israel wants to abandon their king because they can't see him, although they see the effects of him being king of their nation. Okay? And in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 1, it says, As Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons over uh to be, ju- to be judges over Israel. Then jump down to verse 5. It says, look, the, the nation of Israel is telling Samuel. They told him, you are now old and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations. Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied. For it is me they are rejecting, not you. They do not want me to be their what? King any longer. So the father... Father God, Yahweh, is saying, I am a king. I've been their king. I've delivered their nation. I have fought their battles. I have done great exploits with them. Without their help, right, without their help, through Moses, I routed Egypt. Then, when they worked with me, we took a promised land. (coughs) Are you hearing me? Great exploits. Great exploits. And so this prophet of God would hear the voice of God. They would begin to act on what God said because in essence, the king would communicate through his prophet, his will for his nation. And if they acted on that king's dictate, that decree, they got it every time, right? He even let them know, listen, if you'll just obey what I say, you'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. You'll be the head, not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. All other nations will look to you. You'll lend and not even have to borrow. But now if you don't, you rebel against me then these things are going to take place because i'm life and here is that a place where they're like we're going to abandon him he goes on to say in verse uh eight he said ever since i brought them from egypt they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods and now they are giving you the same treatment but what i want us to see is uh first samuel chapter 10 because you know the lord gives them what they want you understand the lord will allow you to have what you want, even if it's death. Now, it's not him giving you death. You're choosing death. Joshua said, I set before you what? And choose. That's like, should be no-brainer. We shouldn't have to give the answer. But how many people choose death? Every time we do something contrary to the word of the king, we're choosing death. Even as newborn believers, we're choosing death. I would even go this far, just to segue off of what Pastor Roddy said. You choose death every time you choose not to assemble. He said, forsake. Is that a suggestion? But we're treating it like it is. We're treating it like it is, like it's suggestive. And oh, I I get it. He's only saying that because he's a pastor. Okay. I think the word said that. But you do have a pastor even greater than me. He's called the chief shepherd, the good shepherd, the great shepherd. And he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So you decide you can be independent from Sunday service and be all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah we're thinking okay no everything in life flows out of this flows out of this i get it i mean i hear pastor roddy a lot of times and when he does i almost kind of squemish a little bit but i understand his content he said he goes this ain't about church he goes I, i'm tired of you you know church you know you need to get out it's about the kingdom well and that's true what he's saying is you've got to come and assemble so that you can get Instruction from the home country and then let's don't just stay here with the information we have and the revelation We get and live it just for our own personal life. Let's go out into the world and demonstrate this stuff Because here's the thing Jesus is the head of the church. The church is extremely important to him Because it's his head and he even said this in Matthew 16. I will build my church Well, if church wasn't important, why is he building it? And he didn't delegate that to the pastor. He said, I'll build it. But he does put pastors there. Why? To equip the saints. Why does he put prophets in there and apostles in there and teachers in there and evangelists there? To equip the saints. Why? So that after we've come and assembled, and we've had our legislative assembly from the home country of what his policies, all the ambassadors got under the the same roof. All the little kings got under the same roof. And all of a sudden, by the Spirit, he began to give dictates from heaven how we need to operate and, and demonstrate him on earth. Then we release into a foreign territory. And when we confront people, we say, I have no opinion on the matter. But my king says. And then the power behind that shows up. So when God needed to replace his king with a man, look what he did. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, he had Samuel. He told him about a guy by the name of Saul that was going to come by. Now Saul shows up, and Saul's really the guy Israel wants. And This is their imagination of what a king looks like. That's why they, he, Saul's picked. He's taller than everybody else. He has great stature. I mean, he, by all, on the outside appearance, he looks like this guy could be king. But he's seriously lacking, okay? And it, ultimately, it hurts him, okay? But it's not that God's not gracious. And so, in order for him to transfer, a transfer, so to speak, of authority, he gives the prophet instruction on what to do to this human being so that it's known he's now king of Israel. It says in verse 1 of this 10th chapter of Samuel, it says, Then Samuel took the flask of oil. Oil in the Old Testament represents the Holy Ghost. And it poured it on his head, kissed him, and said, Has not the Lord, what, anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? You see that? A ruler over his inheritance. So what was the sign that he's now king? He was anointed. And we know through good teaching of Scripture that in the Old Covenant, the anointing or the Holy Ghost would come upon the prophet, the priest, and the king. So again, oil represented the Holy Ghost. And the the Holy Ghost did, not just oil, but the presence of God himself by his Spirit did come on Saul. And Saul prophesied like a prophet. He actually had insight to the realm of heaven now that normal humanity did not have. He had capacity to hear from heaven like a prophet did and a priest. Although he still had a role, he was still supposed to work with. Because, again, Samuel had to be trained in how to hear God, right? I mean, Samuel, he don't even know God's talking to him. He keeps running to Eli and says, yeah, here I am. And he's like, bro, go to sleep. Then on the fourth, he's like, third time, he's like, listen, if you hear that voice again, say, here I am, Lord. And he learned how to do the voice of lot. So the Lord put a prophet beside the king to help teach him how to hear. But he was anointed. Are you hearing me? This is very important when we get over towards the New Testament. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We know a real king's coming, the one that ultimately is going to have to take back that authority. It says this, for unto us a child is born. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Unto us a child is born, a son is given. Notice the son is not born because the son always existed. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh. The 14th chapter, a verse of uh, John 1 says, who is that word that became flesh? Jesus. Jesus is the son of God. So the son always existed, so the son is placed in a skin suit. So a child's born, a son is given, and the what? That's in your Bible. The government, not the religion. So Jesus never came to establish a religion. Ever. Jesus never came to die on the cross, be raised from the dead, to forgive you of your sins, to take you out of planet Earth. That was not his chief goal. Now, to die be separated from your body you'll be present with the lord and currently he resides at the right hand of the father in heaven so yes you'll go to heaven but is jesus coming back to the earth man gotta read the bible you know how many people believers now think that when the trumpet sounds for those that are alive here when the trumpet sounds that when they're caught up it's done even though we know there's tribulation period and even though we know there's a millennial reign that actually Jesus comes back. But it's like he's going to leave us in heaven. He's going to come back by himself. It doesn't say that. So get this. When you leave. Should he tell you, When you leave planet earth. You'll come back to the planet. And it will still have sin on it. Isn't that amazing? I mean. When you leave your skin suit. It's not the last time. You'll be around sin. Jeez, think about that. Because when he comes back with the millennial reign, and he binds the devil and throws him into the bottomless pit for that reign, and then releases him. I mean, it's like he's not even done with it yet. And we're going to be around to see this. And we're going to watch humans like we are right now, but we'll be in glorified bodies. We'll watch them at that time be deceived by him, the deceiver again, and they'll amass their own armies, to come over and try to take our king out. Oh, my gosh. You understand, that's a thousand years. There is still time when you leave your skin suit that's already recorded that still has to take place. Are you hearing me? Okay. See, we've given people a false security when we say, man, you need to have eternal life to live forever. Everyone's living forever. Everyone's already in eternity. It's the quality of eternity we're dealing with. You're either eternally dead, separated from God, or you're eternal life with God. But everybody's already an eternal being. So the key was eternal life. Okay. So the government will rest on his shoulders. Where's the shoulders located? In the body. And who's the body of Christ? The church. So guess where the government's at? Well, it's us. I said, it's us. Why are you complaining about our government? Why are you complaining about the the President Biden administration right now? Are you doing what you need to do in your own government? Oh, so let's just preach now since we're there. I just wish they'd get their act together in Washington. Well, I wish we'd get our act together in church. I wish we'd just get our act together in church. I can't believe they're up there fighting. What's happening in the church? Are we picking and choosing what we want to believe about God, our king? Right. Oh, just I need at least five hours. i got to beat Roddy's time, but I can't do it this morning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor Yada. Okay, there'll be no, look at it says, of the increase of his government and, and peace, there will be what? No end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. In order to establish it with uh, judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform, uh, perform this. Now, who is this child that we're talking about here? Because it doesn't say his name, but who is this? It's Jesus. Isaiah is talking about Jesus coming. That's why Jesus, when he hits the scene and the first time he starts to preach, he says this, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? And he does that after, after he's been tempted of the devil. And after he was baptized in the Jordan. Now, why is it so important that we know about his baptism in the Jordan? Well, what did Jesus say about himself in Luke chapter 4? In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he says this. Because, again, how does God demonstrate to humanity who his king is through an anointing. Right? So in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Luke 4, Jesus said himself when he was reading this, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, what? Anointed me. Well, when did Jesus receive the spirit of the Lord upon him? John the Baptist, he walks up to him and says, man, there's the the lamb Uh, That that will be slain who's going to forgive the world of their sins Jesus said I need you to baptize me He said I need you to baptize me. What did he say about this guy when he come? He said I baptize with water, but he'll baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire He said man, you should be baptizing me He said permitted at this time so that all righteousness may be fulfilled Why because I can't walk in my kingship till the anointing I cannot walk and get proclaimed as king until I'm anointed Up to this point The father hasn't spoken to the nation of who his king is. So he baptized him in water. He pulls him up and it says heaven opened up. The father says this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And it said the Holy Spirit came upon him without measure. He was anointed king in the earth to have the dominion. That the first Adam lost, the last Adam walked its slap out and carried it in its authority. That's why when he went to the devil, what did he do? He didn't speak of his own initiative. He didn't say, don't you know I'm king now? You know what he said? He said, it is written. All I'm going to do is speak the policies of the kingdom. I hear from the king in heaven, and I'm the king on the earth, and I only give the dictates of what the king says from heaven. I don't speak of my own initiative. I don't have my own will about this deal. I'm just saying what dad says. And anything I'm doing, because I heard from heaven. (laughs) I'm anointed. I said, I'm anointed. To preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to uh, proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set free those who are oppressed. Look what it says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38 concerning this. It said, how God, Luke 10, 38, how God, how God, that's the father, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good healing. How many? All who were oppressed by the devil, for God was waiting on him to get to heaven. Because God was with him. He was anointed. I said he was anointed. Are you hearing me? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He was anointed. Look what it says in John chapter 20, verses 30 to 31. This is a passion translation. Then I'm going to go to a different translation. Because the passion is just keeping this word anointed in front of you. It says Jesus went on to do many miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples which are not even included in this book. You remember John said, man, if we wrote everything he did, I would surmise that we, the world couldn't contain the books." But then he says in the next one, he says, but all these are recorded here so that you will uh, fully believe that Jesus is what? The anointed one, the son of God, and that through your faith in him, you will experience eternal life by the power of his name. Now, all, all the other translations basically say it this way in verse 31. So New American Standard says it this way. Now, I want you to see this connection. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. Verse 31. Watch, it's coming. It's coming. Verse 31. That Jesus is the what? Pastor Roddy alluded to this last night. Christ means, it's not his last name. It means the anointed one and his anointing. Now, the anointed one is his anointing is a power that is able to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Which means. It's able to set the captives free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But the anointing is not just the power. It's the authority to do so. The anointing represents the seat of the king. So when we say Jesus Christ, we're saying Jesus, the anointed king, who will establish his kingdom, and it has no end. And when the child was born, the son was given. He brought a kingdom into the earth that has no end. When Daniel saw about this child, he said, I see, I see, um, um, King Nebuchadnezzar, you saw a statue and all of these, the gold, the silver, and it went through the different layers till we got to the feet with uh, clay and iron. And he said, Now all these represent governments, but then there's going to be a rock that shows up that's made without. And who is that? What's his name? What's his name? He's the chief cornerstone. He said that rock will hit the base of that idol and it will cause every one of those other governments to disappear and be like dust. Then that rock will turn into a great mountain that will fill The whole earth. In essence, Jesus Christ, when he came back, he's the greatest revolutionary ever. He said, "I'm bringing a government back to the planet that will never leave it again. In fact, it's the only thing left. So, if you want to be on the winning side with the winning nation, United States is not it. It's the Kingdom of God, because the USA won't even remain. It won't remain." And I'm thankful for our nation, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, my citizenship in the God's kingdom is way more important than my citizenship down here. And so the king is anointed. So Jesus is the Christ. So every time we hear that word Christ or read that word Christ, we're really saying in the king, 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 in the king in the king, because Jesus called himself a king. Roddy read this last night. Let's look at it again. says this in John 18, 33. Man, i got to finish. Hallelujah. He said, as upon hearing this, Pilate went back to his palace. Some of Jesus said, looked over him. Jesus said, he said to Jesus, he said, are you really the king of the Jews? Jesus said, are you asking this uh, because you really want to know, or are you asking because others have said this about me? He said, Pilate said, only a Jew would care about this. Do I look like a Jew? It's your own people and your religious leaders who have handed you over to me. So tell me, Jesus, what have you done? Wrong. Jesus looked at Pilate and said, the royal power of my kingdom realm does not come from this world. That just means it doesn't operate like it. And we'll explain it because of what he says. He says it this way. He said, if it did, then my followers will be fighting, for fighting to, end the, to, to the end to defend me from the Jewish leaders. In essence, every kingdom, if their king is attacked, their people come to save their king. But that's not how we operate. That's not how my kingdom operates. Don't act, we don't operate like your worldly stuff. And he goes on and says this, my kingdom realm authority is not from this realm, meaning it operates different, it accesses it different, and it has really great, more, a lot more power. Verse 37, then Pilate said, oh, so you are a king. And Jesus says, well, he says, you are right. Jesus said, I was born a king. Right? Wise men didn't come looking for a religious man. came looking for the king we love savior jesus and we're missing the king he's king his kingdom's real and he currently resides on a throne thrones are in kingdoms not religions. all right he said i've come into this world to prove what truth really is and everyone who loves truth receives my word now look what it says in john 19 verses 14 and 15 now Um, again, a little bit later now, because they're fixing to crucify him. It says, now as the day was uh, preparation for the Passover, it was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. What did Pilate call him? King. And what did the people say? So they cried out, Away with him. Crucify him. Pilate says, Shall I crucify your king? Jesus' going to the cross was nothing about his religious exercises. He posed A threat against another government and that was the position the Jews pushed although he was a peaceful king and only had done benevolent work and was not inciting a rebellion or a riot against the existing structures in a physical manner but he was in a uh, ideological manner a belief system manner uh, a different access manner That would topple kingdoms. Okay. So he says, what do you want to do with your king? Shall I crucify your king? The chief uh, priest answer. Look what they say. We have no king but Caesar. Now, why do I bring us to this verse? If we hear Caesar, that isn't king. But it is king, right? Because Caesar is just another name for king. You know what? There's another name for king in the Bible, Pharaoh. Every time we read the word Pharaoh, we're like king. But why is it when we read the word Christ, we're not thinking king? Nobody argues Caesar's king. No one argues Pharaoh's king. But all of a sudden, Jesus Christ. It's important for us to recognize this because we are in Christ. So when we say we're in Christ, we're really saying we're in the king. Look what it says here. A couple of verses. We're done. First John two twenty. He says this: "But you have an anointing." But who has? First John two twenty. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, especially gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because He teaches us, illuminates our minds, and guards us from error. Well, we have an anointing. In minute, we. Confess Jesus as Lord if we could have seen this in a natural display What this would look like is the great king would be on the throne and we would show up and saying we are coming from another kingdom We are from another kingdom that's against you and we have come to say We want to pledge our allegiance to you. We no longer want to be a part of that kingdom. I don't want to go back to that tyrannical ruler. I don't want to be a part of that uh, bloodline anymore. I'm asking you to let me be a citizen of your kingdom. But here's the thing. The reason we could even show up in the first place is because he, from his throne, sent out letters to the whole land and said, if you want to be a part of my kingdom, I'm inviting you, just come. And the minute we saw the invitation, we ran to him, and we bowed down before him and said, I am going to be your, you know, servant. But what he does, in essence, is he pulls out his sword, and not knighting you, but he basically dictates at that point and anoints you king in his kingdom. In his kingdom, there are no subjects. We're all kings. Oh, my gosh. So he anointed you with authority. And if he's anointed you, he's made you a little Christ. That's why the, um, the, the um, church at Antioch, when people saw them, they're like, they're Christians. In essence, they're acting like little Christs. The same authority that Jesus was, these guys are doing it. And we've turned Christian into a religion. Because most of the people don't look nothing like Christ. But what do they hold to? Well, I ask you in my heart, save me. And I know when I die, I'm going to heaven. Well, you know what? People that love Buddha think the same thing. People who love Muhammad believe the same thing. He anointed you king. Look what it says in Romans 7, 5, 17. He says, for if because of one man's transgress, lapse, offense, death, reigned." Through the one much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace unmerited favor and free gift of righteousness putting them into right standing with himself reign as what kings where not in heaven right now you have rulership now you've been given back dominion now you've been given the power to control the issues of your life because you get to tap into God in heaven, by his spirit, and say, now, how do you want me to do this? I don't know how it is, but all I know, the king from heaven says, I don't want you and St. Augustine buying this particular type of property. You need to have something like this. So for 17 years, we had been looking, really, you know, a l- l- little less. We ended up landing on a piece of property that was 25 plus acres. It was a mall that started to go down, and all of a sudden, the king says, I want you to have this property. Well, it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. Because every time I came on, I said, this is King's land." I said, thank you, Lord, for 2121 21 US 1 side." I called it, claimed it. Then in 2015, when we were at Living Faith Truth, saved me, Roddy, and Kenneth Estrada. Said, we got them all. We danced just crazy, man. I mean, clothes didn't come off, but it was pretty violent down there. And we were rejoicing and excited, and I knew then. I told our church, I said, the day I sign it, I won't be any happier because I already got it in 2015. But every time I drove on the land and you know, I started to hear this Somebody else wants it. Somebody else is doing it. I'd say I had the word of the king. It can't go nowhere. Nobody else can have it. And if somebody else bought it, then they're just going to have to give it to me. Because it is what God said. And here we are about 45 days out from it completely closing. And on December 3rd, or it, it will be Anchor Faith Church, St. Augustine, 178,000 square feet of a building that now I'm saying, what you want me to do with your building? And the Lord spoke to me on Sunday. He said, according to the pattern. I thought, oh, okay. He said, according to the pattern. He said, whatever pattern I tell you to do, provisions there. You do a different pattern, I can't provide. So I'm like, okay. What's the pattern now? That's the next question you understand. (laughs) What's the pattern now? Because it's his, not even mine. I mean, I have Prime real estate. Prime real estate. Because the earth earth is the Lord's anyway, and the fullness (laughs) thereof. Oh my gosh. Why? Because he told me to reign in life. You know how much money we had in the bank when we went after it in 2015? Zero. They said, get 10%. Took us five years to raise ten percent. We raised ten. We raised the final amount in the COVID year. In fact, the U.S. government helped raise the money for us because all those stimulus checks just showed up in the offering. Our church got so many extra stuff. They're like, "We don't need it. We're working," and they were putting it in the offering. Next thing you know, we're done. Come on, glory to God. But the enemy tried again at the end. He tried to, had somebody, you know, try to do a different price now and then wanted even more money down. I'm like, no way, I'll walk away from this thing because it ain't my idol. But then the Lord said, this is how you get to the owner. Gave me the plan. Did it? Next thing you know, I got the man's cell phone. Talking to him. And I I am in a better deal than the original deal five years ago. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You know how settled this thing is? They actually emailed me the other day and said, now, Belk's wanting to do an outside thing. Can we give my wife a little time? I mean, we all right? I mean, I know I'm going. Um, I mean, it's really up to her. Um, y'all going to stay? I mean, really, where are you going to go anyway, right? Okay. Um, but what was I talking about? The land? Belk, Belk thank you. So, Belk. They want to do this thing outside where they've given food away, but it's on December 7th, and we're going to be the owners by then. So the owners called us and said, do you, are, do you, will you allow this to happen? They were seeking my approval. They were seeking my approval. I was like, we love it when people do stuff for our community. I approve this. This is great. It's like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm a little king. My little king stamp approved. <laughs> hallelujah! Come on, Hallelujah! Man, the devil always want to fight you over property. Why? Because he knows the earth's really the Lord's, and he don't want his kids in it. And now you know he's given us the power to get wealth. There's going to be a stream of wealth that's going to come through for what purpose? To advance the kingdom. That and that alone. Glory to God. Amen. Because we're going to build it according to the pattern. But he told us to reign. As kings in life. That means we get the reign right now. You're anointed. Quit looking at yourself as a sorry sinner saved by grace. Quit looking at yourself as an old beggar servant. Quit looking at yourself, well, I'm just going to humble myself before. If you really want to humble yourself before the Lord, then do the Lord's word. Because if you're not doing your word, you, the Lord's word, you're really not walking in humility. And you can call yourself humble, but hum- humility is actually doing his word. If you don't do his word, that's called pride. Even if you say, well... Lord, I just want to humbly come before you. I don't know what you want me to do. And the Lord's like, I'll tell you what to do if you just ask. I mean, does he not say that? Lord, you know, I'm not sure. Your ways are higher than my ways. He said, ask. Yes, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But he said we had access because we have the mind of the king. Yes, we have the mind of the anointed one, the king. We have the mind of the king. And if we have the mind of the king, then we can know what the king's thinking. But we know what the kings think because we seek him. Most of them don't even seek long enough to king to get an answer. All right, Revelation 5, 10, last scripture. It says, you have made them to be a kingdom and a priest to our God. And they will reign where? Your new birth experience was not to reign in heaven. To reign in the earth. And every time you read any of the gospels. Or any of Paul's letters to the churches. Or Peter's letters or James. And you see these phrases in Christ. In him. All that means is you in your kingship. You're the righteousness of God in the kingship. In the anointing of the king, the same anointing on the, on the big king is on the little king. Well, you know, you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know that in Christ means you need to know who you are in the king, the Messiah. Because Christ is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word Messiah. And the, and the nation of Israel is always looking for a king anyway. They're still looking for a king. They just missed that the king was opening the door for all humanity. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. We thank you. You're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You're the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You sit in your heaven's realm, and through your spirit, you speak to all of us who are kings on the earth to reign in life. No circumstance should have power over us, no Issue should have power over us, no uh, problems should have power over us, no substance should have problems over power over us. We reign because the same anointing that was on King Jesus is on us and we are kings within his kingdom and we reign now in this life. No longer will we see ourselves as second class. But as those who have a right to the throne, not his throne, but our own thrones meaning we all sit on a seat of authority, the same seat that's in Christ. For the Bible tells us that we've been raised up and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we've already been raised up. Spiritually speaking, we are positioned within the same authority and seek that Jesus the King is on. And that's why we can go before our King, pray, seek Him, and get instruction from heaven. And that government supersedes any government here on the earth.
0: In Jesus' name.